coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida. You're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We are a weekly podcast with new episodes coming out every Tuesday afternoon, which you can listen to whenever you feel like it, because it's a podcast, and hopefully you'll subscribe and give us a good review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. On today's show, Kevin and I will be talking about the differences between food writers, restaurant reviewers, and food slash restaurant critics. As part of our series of talking to local independent business owners that are not in the food or restaurant business, our featured interview today is with Max Glazer, the owner of The Shave Cave in downtown St. Pete. After that, we'll play our music segment, open our lunchbox, share our tip of the week, and have a gluten-free wrap-up. All of that is coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. So grab a snack, pour a drink, and relax while we serve up the show. Last month, I mentioned that I decided that a nada was the perfect choice for Kevin's birthday dinner, and it certainly was. We hadn't had a cheese and charcuterie board in quite some time because we'd been so intent on getting through the rest of the menu. I had forgotten how spectacular they are. Wouldn't you agree, honey? They have amazing cheese and charcuterie boards. Actually, that's what they became famous for and what everybody usually thinks about with a nada. Yeah. I mean, we dove into that delectable selection of cheese, charcuterie, and accompaniments that go with them so fast and just couldn't stop coming up with different concoctions to sample. That thing was gone really quickly. Yeah, you're really good at figuring out how to make different combinations of things, so I just copy you. Yes, I love putting the Dijon mustard and the honey with different cheeses and such, and I almost forgot, oh, the dark chocolate too. It was so good. Not to mention, it's a work of art when it arrives at your table. Anata is definitely one of our favorite restaurants downtown and a huge local's favorite as well, for every day and for every special occasion. So if you haven't been lately, I encourage you to do so for their unparalleled wine selection, cheese and charcuterie, and creative and scrumptious flatbreads, pastas, entrees, and specials. You really must go to Anata. Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive. They open every day at 4 o'clock. So today we decided to talk about the difference between being a food slash restaurant reviewer and or writer and a food slash restaurant critic. Right. There is a difference for sure. Yeah. And food critic, restaurant critic, whatever, is the more old school. Yes. That's what, uh, that's even like pre-internet days. That's what they the, the local city, whatever, the local newspaper for the city would have a food critic. And they would dine anonymously, mm-hmm. however they did that. And, and, and there was a reason for that. I mean, there, there's an organization out there 
food, food journalist, something or other. Right. We read their materials. And, you know, they say that you should be anonymous because if the restaurant knows that you're going to write about them, they might, you might get special treatment. They might make, give you a bigger portion of food, better service. And you need to be experiencing what a regular customer would experience. So you could be writing about the real true experience and not an artificially inflated, better experience than normal. But the fact of the matter is when you're a food critic in a town for a certain period of time, even when you try to disguise yourself, people tend to know who you are. Right. I mean, we, we have Laura Riley, who is our food critic for the St. Pete Times, which is now the Tampa Bay Times, who has, I believe it's been almost a year now. Yeah. Or a little over a year. A little over a year, I think. She uh, came out of the closet as a food critic. Um, well, as far as being anonymous. As far as being anonymous, she, she's, still correct. A, she's still a food critic. We are not food critics, but we'll get more into that in a bit. So, yes, that was the reason you were supposed to be anonymous. So the anonymous aspect of being a food critic is kind of obsolete now. Laura actually didn't pioneer that. She did locally, but, mm-hmm. you know, she keeps on top of what's going on nationally with other food critics. And there are some very well-known names mm-hmm. where the people, for the most part, you only knew the name because they were supposed to be anonymous. And you don't know what they look like and who they are. Some big names actually came out saying, because they just, they, they, just like you just said, yeah, Lori, right. uh, how long can you be anonymous when, you, when you're the food critic going around to all these restaurants? Correct. And, and we heard several times from a restaurant here or a restaurant there that Laura Riley was in the night before. They, and they knew she was there, even though she tried to disguise herself or what have you, because she's, she's been a, a critic here for, I forget how many years she told us, how long it's been. It's been a while been a while. Yeah. I didn't know there was going to be a test. I yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Laura. Uh, here's the, the difference is right in the word critic. So a food critic will say, hey, this was really not good at all. And they will do a star rating. And also, here's another difference between old school and new school. The star ratings in the old days or the original star rating for food critics for restaurants was a four-star system for being the best. In the newer digital world of ratings, it's five stars. Right. We are food restaurant reviewers, food writers, and this is not something really that new either because we were watching different food shows on on the Apple TV. So there was Netflix, uh, Prime Video, Hulu. We watch all of those. And on several food shows, they were interviewing different people mm-hmm. and they would give the, their name on the screen and then their title. And many times titles were food journalist or food writer, food writer, right? Sometimes so, blogger if you're getting into the, you know, yeah. So things, we have decided from the beginning that we were not food critics, but we are restaurant and food reviewers. What, what does that mean? That means that, uh, just to be blunt about it, we don't, publish overall negative reviews. Correct. So if we go to a restaurant and the overall experience is like three stars or less on a five-star scale, we're not going to write about it on our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. On a very rare occasion... I would say under three stars. I don't think three stars oh, is something that we... But would overall on everything, right. yeah. Right. And the fact of the matter is we're here to boost up 
the restaurant community here in St. Pete. We're here to support it. That's, that's how we view ourselves. We are not here to put anyone out of business because if someone's really that bad and people are getting you know, less than three-star uh, performance all the time, they're going to put themselves out of business. We don't need to do that for them. Yeah. They don't need our help to go out of business if they're that bad. And it just doesn't fit with our brand. We are not about negativity. We're about positivity. And here's what's important about this is, unfortunately, there is a very small minority of people that think, oh, well, St. Petersburg Foodies doesn't do bad reviews. And they think that that translates to that our good reviews are just flowery BS. Correct. And they're not. Right. They do. They think that all we do is just go around to all the different restaurants. People give us free food and we write these great reviews because we got free food. And that's really not not the case. We actually, 96% of the time, are not getting any free food and we're paying for our, our entire bill. And we spend, I just, I did a quick calculation and we're somewhere between six and $8,000 a year that we spend on food in restaurants. Right. Occasionally there's some free stuff too, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that as well. But And there are times when we get invited in because they want to showcase their new menu and they're bringing out a whole bunch of, of menu item food. And we always say, and when we write it, that this is showcasing their new menu and highlighting their new menu. It wasn't like we went on there and ordered all of that food and paid for it. Right. And, but there are, are other times where we will have a restaurant review where we are reviewing six or seven items, but we did that over three visits. Right. Like the Peabody, for instance, exactly. recently. So what we're really trying to say is we are food writers. We are not food critics. The articles that we do not publish that are overall, that would have been an overall negative article, when and if we know and the, the manager or the owner and they actually care to hear it, they get all that feedback from us. And when we do do a, a write-up and there was a particular something that we didn't care for, yes, we put it in there. We mention it and we explain why we didn't care for it. It might have just been our own taste. Yeah. Actually, most of our reviews have something in there that we didn't like or we thought could have been better. Right. So, yeah, we write good reviews because they are warranted. Mm-hmm. We are totally 100% honest, and we mentioned the things that we were just so-so on versus the things that we loved. Right. And when the entire experience is a complete fail, we don't write it, but as Lori said, we talk to either the manager or the owner or both and let them know everything you know, in a respectable, nice way, but, but blunt as well. Correct. Tell them we don't sugarcoat that. No pun intended. Sometimes that's taken well. Sometimes it, it's not, but it is what it is because we, like we said, we're here to boost up the community. And that's the only way you can do to help is provide that type of feedback. Yeah. And th- there was even a time, one time that we were invited to come in and have a free lunch. Yes. Supposedly there's no such thing as that. And we weren't thrilled with it. And the person that invited us, the manager, wasn't actually there. Right. It was just a, a you know somebody who works there. So we didn't tell her any of the feedback and we we didn't write anything and after a week or so went by the manager contacted me again and said oh we're wondering when you're going to write the review and I said well and then I gave her the feedback that we were not thrilled with anything Mm -hmm. and I said the good news is we don't write bad reviews Mm -hmm. and there was no response after that like she should have been 
very grateful because, yeah. I mean, we could have, but, you know, that's not what we're here for. It's not what we're about. Exactly. I don't really describe food anymore on the show. That's some deliberate strategy on my part, actually. It's really a lot like writing porn. After you've used the same adjectives over and over, that can other. And just one other thing uh, that kind of relates to this, uh, not the difference between a food critic and writer, but something else that we also do that not everyone does. And we talked about this uh, a long time ago in, in a podcast where we talked about doing top 10 lists, the good, bad, and the ugly. And part of that is that we actually eat all of the food. I, I, that probably sounds silly because if, you're, if you are reviewing food or posting about it, you would think that, that you'd be eating it. But we do happen to know that there are several people on social media posting photos of food with it on a spoon or fork about to go in their mouth, photos taken. And they never take a bite. And they never take a bite. And I'm probably just frustrated because it's difficult maintaining a proper waistline. Right. Um, the thing when we say we eat all of it, it doesn't mean we ate the entire portion. We at least took a bite of every single item that we're talking about. Um, we do have to control ourselves and be able to eat it. So we, we keep that part down. But yeah, so, so it sounds ridiculous to say, yes, we actually do eat the food, but we do. And we actually go to the place too. One of the top 10 list issues was there's all these top 10 lists that are written from someone's desk and they never went to the place. Right. We actually go there, we eat the food, we take pictures of it, not in that order. Yes. Not in that order. <laughs> wow, you've had like seven meals and it's only one o'clock. So we'd love to hear your thoughts too. You can send us an email at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. Leave a comment on our webpage at stpetersburgfoodies.com or comment on social media at any of our uh, sites on Facebook or on Instagram. Thank you for listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. This is our second interview in a series of interviews with non-restaurant people, but more like restaurant customers, local foodies that are also local business people. And we would like to welcome to the show the owner of the Shave Cave, Max Glazer. Thank you for having me. Yes, welcome. And the Shave Cave is over in the uh, shops at Sundial. Now the mall at Sundial. Oh, it's the mall at Sundial. Thank you. Oh, when did that change? About two months ago. Let's go. I'm one of the, actually, I'm, I'm gift card number one. Number one! That I got for my birthday four, was it four years ago? Four, four and a half years, years ago, ago. Lori tracked me down. I was actually at the sundial doing some work. She followed me back to my warehouse so she could have gift card number one just for you. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I still, did. I still brag about that. <laughs> he didn't really understand it, though, when I first gave it to him because he didn't understand the whole concept. And I'm like, no, but honey, look, your gift card number one. You got the very first one ever. Number one! Now yeah. he appreciates it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't even so know if we had announced yet. I'm not even sure if we were like fully like publicized or anything was even well, out. No, you might have been... The signs were on oh, okay. up and I walked into the, the store and okay. you were there. But you're like, you're like, well, we're not open. Like, but I need a gift card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we'll get more into the shave cave in a little bit, but uh, let's find out more about you, Max. You're originally from New from York? New York, yeah. Right outside of New York, about 20 minutes north of the Bronx in a city called Suffern. Mm -hmm. um, that's Rockland County. Been here for eight years, moved here January 2010. 
Okay. What, what brought you down to St. Pete? My brother was actually already living here. We had, he had a warehouse at Whitted Airport, which I still have to this day. We had started a new business venture together called Men's Direct. It was an online men's grooming store. Mm-hmm. So we were selling everybody else's products. Uh, we were selling everything from Jack Black, Artist Shaving, all the big names you would see in Norm, uh, Nordstrom's and Neiman Marcus, that type of thing. Did that for several years. That's the warehouse where I met you. Correct. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Which has <laughs> now become uh, our laboratory because we're now manufacturing our own products, distribution center, and my offices. Mm-hmm. But back to Men's Direct real quick. So I had started that with my brother. Uh, we were selling online, e-commerce, and Amazon as well. And in the beginning, we dominated the marketplace. We were first one to offer free shipping. This is before Prime and mm-hmm. all these other services that Amazon offers. Uh, so we did free shipping, so we were always winning the buy box. Over time, other retailers were coming in, doing the free shipping, market share dropped, and it was working on our pricing. Uh, we had repricing software, so every five minutes we would scour the internet, put the cheapest price up, and we continue to win the buy box. I got tired of playing that game. And mm-hmm. that's when we started thinking about Shave Cave. My brother wasn't into the whole brick and mortar thing, so I ended up buying him out and moving on. But I created Shave Cave so I could create my own product line uh, as well. So there was the barbershop and then the products. And it, now I would have control of my own product line. I would sell my own products and I would control the marketplace for that. So Shave Cave actually grew out of a wanting to make my own product line. But I've always loved right. the old barbershop feel, that New York vibe, that, you know, go and just hang out and BS for half hour, 45 minutes, and just have a good time in a nice, chill environment with great barbers. But then also the products. The products were right. a very big thing for me. <laughs> That's really cool. So, um, Max, what did you do in New York before here? That's, here. that's funny. Actually, if you would have told me I'd be doing what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, I would have laughed you out of the room. I was actually, uh, I had a design build firm. I was a contractor by trade. I did that for 15 years. I uh, did that up until 08 mm-hmm. when the market, as right. everybody knows, tanked. And basically... There was no work. There was no work. <laughs> Everything. I, I, went, I then went into the city... My brother has a real, my other brother, so I've, there's three of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other brother has a real estate firm in the city. Mm-hmm. So I did real estate with him in Manhattan for a little bit, but it wasn't really, I guess, a passion, or I just wasn't right. really into it. So Your parents are in real estate too, correct? Yep. Yeah. My whole family mm-hmm. is, re- my, both my parents are brokers. I had my real estate license when I was 18 years old. I actually took the class before I even turned 18, so when I turned 18, I could just take the test. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was probably one of the youngest, oh, I think I was the youngest real estate agent in New York, in, in Rockland County when when I first started. So you hear uh, about people that come from a military family. You come from a real I estate family. I come from family. a real estate family. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My brother is still doing it in Manhattan. He's taken it to the next level at this point. I mean, listing starting at, well, ending at 40 million. He start, well, it starts around like two and up to 40. Right, right. I mean, it's just unbelievable the level he's taken it to. I, sometimes I think that maybe I stopped too early with certain <laughs> things. Like if I would have just held on with the, with the construction and held on to 2000. I mean, we've seen such a boom yeah. over these last eight years. I can only imagine where I would be right now if I stuck with the construction. Right. But 
this is it. This is what I'm doing now. Shave Cave products. Well, eight years in now with the whole product thing, four and a half years with Shave Cave. And this is what I see my, I mean, it's, a, it's become mm-hmm. a, a real passion for me. And it's right. something that I definitely see myself doing for a very long time. Awesome. And if real estate wasn't your passion, then you're just chasing money. Well, so. <laughs> construction was my passion. Right. right. That really, and I, and I still will get back into it. Mm-hmm. You know, at, right now I just find like little projects at the shop or this or that. You know, that is definitely always going to still be a passion of mine as well. And I, I definitely still see myself doing stuff with that in the future mm-hmm. uh, with time, when time allows. Right. You know, I still think, I mean, we have been on an eight-year increase right now. There's going to be a dip. Oh, there is. There has to be. It has to crash at some no, point. We're already on the tipping point. Yeah. As, a real, so, as a real estate agent here, I know what's going yeah, on. <laughs> so I'm hopeful that within the next year or two, I have enough stocked away that I could start playing once the market comes down a little bit. Right. And then take the next rise up. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I don't think it's going to crash like it did before. No, but of course, no one no. has a crystal ball. But definitely, prices are pretty high around here right now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's obviously great when your work is your passion. But let's talk about another one of your passions. One of the reasons why you're here. Yes. Food. food. <laughs> so, do you? I know you go out to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Do you cook at all, or are you more a restaurant person? Uh, I haven't cooked much lately. I used to. I'm more. I mean, I'm so pressed for time Mm -hmm. that I don't really just, I I can't. Uh, I mean, I'm working 14 hours a day typically. Right. And which is also, now I did have an issue with fast food when we first opened Shave Cave. Uh, I mean, I ballooned. Uh, I mean, there was, (laughs) it was like, I would work till 11 o'clock at night. And the only things open are like a Taco Bell or Wendy's Mm -hmm. or McDonald's and I admit I was really bad with fast food, and that was not good. I've now since reined myself back in, and I'm not eating at those hours, and I'm eating healthy again. But I do find myself at locale two or three times a day because it is right next door. <laughs> right next door, yeah. Right. Uh, with the salad bar, uh, that has really saved my life, that salad bar over there, because that's what I'll, I'll get a nice breakfast, something in the morning, some eggs and whatever, and salad for lunch. And then dinners are typically my go out. Now, it's nice that now that, the first few years of Shave Cave, I was always there. Right. Like, I never had a day off. I was that you were the guy I saw when you walked in every single day. Yeah. yeah now I come in, I'm like, where's Max? Yeah. So <laughs> now I've been putting a lot more time into the pro. So I built the barbershop up, and that's been doing fantastic. Now I've been putting my time into the products, but it also gives me a little bit more time to every once in a while go out and enjoy a nice dinner and, you know, really have some time to myself again. Have which a is life. Nice. Yeah. Because I didn't have a life for a few years. So what are some of your favorite restaurants and some of your favorite dishes at those places? I mean, some of my favorite restaurants at the moment uh, would have to be, the mill has always been a go-to for me. Right. Ted Dorsey's. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, their cheese and charcuterie is really good. But also for cheese and charcuterie, I love Lolita's. Mm -hmm. That's my two for cheese and charcuterie. And those are the two spots that I really love to go to. There's some I've been wanting to try. I haven't been to yet. The Peabody, for one, I want to go see. The new Brazilian steakhouse that's right right downtown now. Right, right across where the street. Where Z Grill used to be. Yeah. yeah, where Z Grill, I miss Zach so much, but where Z Grill used to be, mm-hmm. uh, I want to go check that out. Bowen Moe's has been really good for a good steak every once in a while. We love they, Bowen Moe's. Yeah. They have yeah. such a good steak. Yeah, they really do make a good steak. Not in St. Pete, but for another steak, I go to the Hard Rock for Council Oak. I, I we mean, hear that, and we haven't been yet. 
it, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt that I'm a rowdy season ticket holder, and they were not not now that Mr. Edwards doesn't own it anymore. They're not doing the Hard Rock promotions anymore. But every year, I was getting Hard Rock gift cards to go. <laughs> to go. So that was typical. You know, we would go and spend like four hundred dollars on a dinner for two people just because. Right. You we could. had the comp yeah. cards. are like, all right, well, let's order every appetizer. <laughs> we got to take every side. I mean, we don't have to finish, but at least we could try everything. Right. That's funny. <laughs> Sounds like us, yeah. even without gift cards. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you've had like seven meals and it's only one o'clock. You got to have a little taste. You don't have to finish. Right, yeah. exactly. But you want to try everything that's on the menu. I had to train him to not finish. <laughs> right. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to become St. Petersburg fatties. We're already on the way. So what do you get at Locale? You, you have lunch there. Yeah, so I actually, for breakfast, uh, they call it the Max Special. I, uh, <laughs> basically, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Heilman, the executive over there, he, I brought him in one day. And I was like, just talk to, the, talk to the grill guy real quick. Just let, I need something healthy. I was trying to do keto, but now I'm still kind of sticking with this. But basically, it's the Max Special. They do a scrambled egg chopped up uh they take a turkey patty for their turkey burger they chop that up some onions cheese uh, and peppers and just make a, a nice scramble for me oh, nice. nice so that's a typical breakfast and anybody can go in there and order a max special they know what it is <laughs> so it's like six bucks it's is it on the menu or, or you have to know about it you have to know you just ask for it they all know but just just so, ask for it i so, figured but, you had some stuff named after you there yes <laughs> so for our listeners, go to uh, Locale, order the Max special for breakfast, and tell them that Max and St. Pete Foodies sent you. That's <laughs> it. Yep. Six bucks is the best deal in there. Well, hopefully it'll be $6 for everybody. It's $6 for me, but I'm pretty sure that's what, <laughs> that's what they'll ring it up at. Uh, and then they have a salad bar. So for lunch, I've been doing the salad bar. You just make your own. Ten bucks a pound. I, my, my hand scale has become really good. I'm typically always under a pound. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I lost 70 pounds. Like I gained wow. 70 pounds from when I opened. Well, I didn't Shake know you it. lost that much. That but is then amazing. I lost, wow. I've gained back a few, but I mean, just doing the salads and a healthy breakfast and a real healthy dinner, mm-hmm. just a clean dinner. Yeah. And determination. And no more fast food. Right. That was the big thing. Yeah. Right. And exercising obviously and whatnot, but diet is 80%. So mm-hmm. what's your cheat day? My cheat day uh, is after a stressful day. <laughs> it, it, it could be any day. It could be any day. I don't have a set cheat day. I know if I do have a cheat day, then I'm going to be good for a few days after. But what, what do you do for that? What do you eat? <sighs> another. T- I, I hate to bring up another Tampa restaurant, but <laughs> if I'm really gluttonous, I'll go to Texas to Brazil across from International mm-hmm. Mall. This is why and, you're excited to try the new Argentinian yes, place. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that place, I mean, I'll just leave it on green the whole time and I'll just <laughs> sit there for an hour. Until you pass <laughs> out and fall on the floor. He's never been. He's never been to one. Yeah, no, it's, a, yeah. it's an experience. It's definitely an experience. That, I mean, that would be a major cheat. Or every once in a while, I will fall back and get some Taco Bell or something. It's right. just, it just... It, Yo quiero Taco Bell. You know? Right. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it is. As far as other favorite go-tos, I'm going to bring up another Sundial restaurant, but Sea Salt has such a good happy Happy hour. hour. Oh, my goodness. From 4 to 7, it is the best deal in there. Well, Ruth Chris has a good happy hour as well. Farm Table has one, too. And Farm Table does, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just the Sea Salt with the 
the dollar oysters mm-hmm. and the you know the the fish tacos and I mean everything is is so good there and then to have it at half price I mean you can't really right you can't beat that you can't beat it that's pretty tempting we'll have to put that on the list for for a rotation soon yeah, yeah. it's definitely yeah. a really good happy hour one of my favorites awesome we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back and wrap up with what is so awesome about the shave cave and I can tell you that but Max and I will do it together <laughs> we'll be Thank right you. back when you think of engine number nine what do you typically think of Kevin amazing burgers Yes, very creative, very inventive, kick-ass burgers. But they also have a great New Orleans-inspired other half of the menu. Remember the gumbo I had recently? Ooh, that was really good and nice and spicy. I was surprised you finished it. I know. The roux is just so flavorful and delicious. Besides the gumbo, they also have jambalaya, a few sriracha dishes, and the hot dogs are awesome. And you can't forget the best fried pickles in town, and I am talking pickle spears. Yeah, I've seen you eat those pickles for your whole meal. Yeah, for my birthday once, remember? But what we're trying to say is check out engine number nine for your favorite burger and so much more. Yes, you will love engine number nine. They're in downtown St. Pete on the corner of First Ave North and MLK. And try the Black Flag Burger and the Chili Dog. You can thank me later. Engine, engine number nine, going down the Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. We are here with Max Glazer, the owner of The Shave Cave. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. And hey, I have been a steady customer for about four and a half years now. You guys are coming up on five years. Yeah, you're one of our first. And I go every other Wednesday, so I'll see you tomorrow. Yep. Club member. Thank you. And I want people to understand what's so cool and awesome about The Shave Cave. I'm going to start and then hand it off to you. I usually, well... In the summer months, I drive over because it's just too darn hot. But when we have nice weather, I, I walk. It's close. It's a five, 10-minute walk for me. And I'm walking over one day, and I, I won't mention any names, but I see somebody I know hanging out by Starbucks. That's about maybe the halfway, two-thirds point. He says, hey, Kev, what are you doing? I go, I'm going over to the shave cave. He's like, shave cave? I can shave myself at home. I just do an eye roll, and I'm like, okay, this guy just doesn't get it. Yes. You right. could, okay, I can cook. That doesn't mean I don't go to restaurants. Yes, I can shave at home, but shaving for me is a chore. I'm like, ah, crap. I already went, I went two days. I got to shave now. <laughs> I mean, there's but, definitely something about the indulgence of what we offer. Mm-hmm. You don't, yes, you're not going to come every day for a hot towel, straight razor shave, but it's nice I to. I kind of want to. I know. <laughs> and we, I, we have, we do have clients that come once. I think the, the, the most frequent is once a week. We have a client that just has not shaved himself since we opened. He literally comes once a week, we give him a shave, and he lets himself grow out through the week, comes back. It's every Friday, (laughs) every every week for almost four years now. What a jerk. He's got you beat on the shaves. (laughs) Uh, I'm jealous. (laughs) But there's something about the barbershop experience. I mean, this is why I created this. I mean, this is what I was, the, the whole point behind what I was creating. When you come in... We offer St. Pete. We have St. Pete Brewing and Flying Boat on tap, so you have a nice beverage or water, soda, candies. You kick back, you relax. You're now in that. You're in our little environment. You you could just unplug from the world for a half hour, forty five minutes. Once that first hot towel hits your face, you know you you're just in a relaxation zone. Right. And from first pass, second pass, all the hot towels, the ice cold towel at the end, 
the aftershave spritz and moisturizer. It's just such a refreshing experience. And you're clean shaven at the end, and you don't have to worry about shaving for another day or two. And it's just you can go about your day and just in a relaxed state once you once you walk out. Yeah, it's right. real. It's really cool. I mean, another general thing that I've noticed for a long time now uh, that the shave cave kind of fits into just a, a trend in society is like there is an appreciation or a longing for nostalgia. Yes. But maybe with an updated modern twist to it. So it's like it's like the combination of an old school barbershop where, you know, you hang out with the guys, yep. BS, relax, and you're just chilling. But it's also, you know, you got all the, mo- like when, after a haircut, it gets sweeped into this little thing that's like a vacuum built into yep. the floor. It's awesome. Yeah, we have all the modern, we, we had that classic vibe, but with all the modern amenities. Right. Uh, tagline is actually a classic barbershop for the modern man. Oh, there you so, go. Nice. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that's what we, so we have all the newest, cl- I mean, our barbers are so well versed. I mean, we, we have master barbers ranging from almost 20 years experience to a few years experience but everybody that works for us is excellent we do more than just shaves obviously it's haircuts beard trims we're a full service barbershop and you have a uh, shoe shine in there and we also have shoe shine as well uh he's there usually afternoons or drop off service but we try to offer all those old services but with modern i mean some of my barbers have 20 plus clippers they just Jeez. you know it's all the newest the be- something new comes out they need to have it try it test it you know see how it works right it's not and just a job they're they are craftsmen it's a passion they're yeah. they're, they're, they're artists right. really you know it's it's a passion for all of them as it's a passion for me to to curate this whole experience it's really a passion for the barbers that we have working with us mm-hmm. that they're just they take it to the next level I feel really left out. <laughs> I have to grow some hair. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow I'll be getting a haircut. Mustache if I could count hair. the amount of times that a woman walks in the door and says, "Can you shave our legs?" And I always, I'd po- be jumping. I, at I that always, one. I always point them to the shoe shine stand. I say, "That's right there. You put your feet up." No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should add that service and just let me know so I can come and watch. Hey. <laughs> Uh, Just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> o- only it's only when, legs. Only when you're shaving Lori's <laughs> legs. Oh, <laughs> that sounds very kinky, honey. <laughs> that might be next door, Marilyn. You could go in there, get a full waxing or something. Kevin could sit in, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has gone down fast. Yeah. Yeah. You might want to cut that part of the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> All right, I lost track. So, uh, Max, tell us about the membership packages and what they cost and how that all works. So, currently, we have just one membership that we're offering. Uh, It's $65 a month. That includes uh, one haircut, one shave, and one cleanup. And what most guys do is like what Kevin does. He'll come every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, a gentleman will come in for a haircut. And then two weeks later, they'll come in for a cleanup and a shave. Mm-hmm. Or they'll, you know, they mix it up and however they want. But they, they stay fresh. And every two weeks, they're in the shop. They're getting cleaned up. And they're ready to go about their next few weeks. Nice. Yeah. I know Kevin really enjoys it. I do. And you don't have to have a membership. You can also just make an appointment. Or you can, yes. you can walk in with a little bit of a heads up. We definitely recommend appointments because we, we are a smaller shop. So we do fill up pretty quickly. Uh Right. So we always recommend appointments. That hopefully will be changing soon. We're looking to expand and 
within hopefully the next few months you guys will be seeing some news for that mm -hmm. uh but as of right now we are just a few chairs so we we do always recommend appointments yeah i have to be honest when you first uh when i saw the concept i thought i really hope this takes off in st pete but i'm not really sure that it will yeah. and now you're just always full it's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. a lot of people bet against me that's yeah. for sure yeah. they're like there's no way this is gonna work before we sign off real quick then there's a new website for yes. new products so products were always a big thing for me but then the barbershop really took over my life we've been developing and developing and testing and i want to thank all my clients too because you guys were uh test clients guinea pigs guinea pigs without <laughs> really knowing but thank you for the last four years of helping us develop our product line but i'm super happy with everything from our beard oil beard balm beard conditioner pre-shave oil shave creams aftershaves we make everything right here in downtown st pete and it's also now all available on shopshavecave.com nice okay so check out the shave cave in downtown st pete at the uh, mall at sundial and shopshavecave.com max thanks so much for being here yes thanks max thank you so much for having me guys we will be right back whether you like it or not <laughs> This is Chris Walker, and you're listening to CP Foodies Podcast. Word on the street is there's a new fish bar coming to town named Alto Mare, and we are super excited about this new space and its menu. Alto Mare means deep sea in Italian. It's located right next door to Anata on Beach Drive, and it's also owned by the same owners, Kurt and Mary Cuccaro of Mazzaro's. They will be featuring creations from our very own rising star in the chef world, who you may know from Anata, Joshua Breen. The interior feeling, it's elegant, light and airy, has a coastal feel, and they will be featuring specialty fish entrees from different types of seafood from all across the U.S. They will have things flown in every day, fresh. They will have a nice wine list featuring whites and bubbles with a few reds thrown in. Look for Alto Mare to debut in the month of January. For more information and pictures, please go to stpetersburgfoodies.com and read the full write-up. In case you can't tell, we can't wait for Alto Mare Fish Bar to open. Alto Mare Fish Bar will be located at 300 Beach Drive in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg. When they do open, they will be open every day at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today, our musical guest is Danielle Moore. She is the front woman of the band Honey What, a local St. Petersburg five-piece band with a soul rock pop sound. Danielle performs both solo and with her band. Today, we're featuring a live recording with her band. We will discuss what the song is about after she answers the Fast Five Foodies questions. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Hey. Are you ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? I hope so. Okay. And there's no wrong answer anyway, so. All right, here we go. What's your favorite food? Okay. I don't have one favorite food, you know? It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Hot, cold. So if I want something cold, 
you know, hot, hot Florida day. I like acai bowls. Mm-hmm. And then if I want something hot, I'll go for a bowl of pho. That's how you pronounce it. Yeah, pho. With the noodles. And if I feel like treating myself, I'll go for some nachos. Nice. Those are all good answers. And, and I like that you said I, I don't have just one. It depends because if you only have just one, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. There's so many good things out I there. I know. You can't, you can't give up all this stuff. Yeah. So what's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete? Ooh, I really like Red Mesa Cantina. Nice, so do I. That's good. And you know, if it's really late at night, I like uh, Joey Brooklyn's. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like you have to have uh, Joey Brooklyn's late at night. They've saved me many a times out late at night playing music after a gig, usually after we play at Ruby's. Oh yeah, perfect, yeah. Yeah, because they stay open one of the later, later... There, so. Just on the other side of the block, kind of just diagonally over. Yep. Salt or pepper? Salt. Salt, okay. Salt is good. I, I'm huge on pepper. Lori's big on salt, but she's been getting me to use salt, more salt more often, but I have no success getting her to use more pepper. Yeah, give and take. Yeah. So cilantro, love it or it tastes like soap? I love it, especially on tacos. Good. Well, yeah, you that know? makes sense because you like Red Mesa Cantina. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And can you cook? Um, not as well as my mother. My mother actually used to own a restaurant. Oh, wow. Where at? In Dunedin. Oh, okay. Uh, right, she- that's where you, and that's where you're originally from, Dunedin. Yes. She sold it back in February, though. But she would make everything from scratch, like the hummus, salsa, meatloaf, the chicken. Well, she wouldn't, like, grow the chickens, but she would <laughs> <laughs> bake it and stuff. But um, I can make eggs. I can make smoothies. Uh, if I'm feeling adventurous, I'll make chicken or fish. Okay. You know, I, I can do enough to survive. Right. Well, that's, that's good. That's good enough. Yeah. I've been getting by okay. so far. So, yeah, not so much following in mom's footsteps with the cooking. No. But you're kicking ass with the music. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So you have uh, a couple of albums out. You, you have solo stuff, and then you have stuff with your band. Yeah, literally two, two projects so far. Today we're going to feature your song titled Undercover Lover, and it's a live version. So yeah, that song is from the album that was released last year on October 26, 2018 with my band Honey What. And it's titled Live at the Hive, yep. appropriately. Your solo site is daniellemoremusic.com. Yes. yes. It's M-O-H-R. Yeah, I always specify. I should have done M-O-R-E, like Danielle Moore Music. <laughs> <sighs> Lost opportunity for a pun, but... <laughs> and then we have honeywhatmusic.com. Yeah, that's for the band stuff. Right. So the song, I'm sure everyone's going to really dig it and want to get the album... And I know it's on Spotify and iTunes or Apple Music, and it's also several other places. Yeah, um, we had Symphonic Distribution distribute the album for us, and they have many connections with all of the streaming sites. So in addition to Spotify, Apple Music, we're probably on uh, YouTube Music, Tidal, Deezer, uh, there's, the list goes on and on. You can find it on the band's website so basically if you can't find it you don't have a computer or a phone yeah you're probably living under a rock right so 
and you don't deserve yeah. Danielle's music anyway. We did just release an online store too, so you can actually buy the CD and have it shipped to you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. If you want to be old school. Yeah. yeah. Or just have like a th- physical object. Yeah. I, st- I like my boyfriend makes fun of me for still releasing CDs because I released my first CD in August of 2017. And CDs were already kind of getting phased out at that point. But right. I was so excited. Like, I wanted to have a tangible thing of my first musical project. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I got my CDs. And it could be even just be considered a, a collectible. Yeah. Right? That's what I told people. I'm like, okay, you don't have a CD player. I can sign this. And, like, you can just frame it. Yeah. And look. <laughs> so. So, Undercover Lover. I didn't... I, a lot of times, in, I've recently I've been trying to figure out the key of the song and the chords, and I, I didn't have a lot of time. I had like a, like a minute. So all I, I, I figured out that the, you're riffing on an A, okay. but then when it goes into those fast changes, I didn't have time to figure those out. So this is actually, are you asking me the chords and stuff? Maybe. Okay. Are you trying <laughs> to do, do some uh, cover work on your downtime? Um, this is actually one of the songs... What's really cool about being in a band, because I didn't have a band until August of 2017, when I had my first CD release show. And it's been cool to have other artists to bounce ideas off of, because this is actually one of the songs that my rhythm guitarist, Sam, they'll just fiddle around before gigs, and sometimes I'll just secretly record what they're doing, and you'll hear when the song plays the initial... He was doing that, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I went back and listened to it later after our gig and started writing the song based off of that. So I actually don't know the chords. <laughs> that's okay. Because I don't play guitar when I'm with the band. I do when I play solo. Oh, okay, cool. So you'd have to ask him. So what's the song about? The song is about, it's actually not really based off of my life, which I've been having to pull inspiration from other people around me because like I've been in a happy committed relationship for almost four years that's the irony right if you're too happy it's harder to write music yeah yeah you need ain't that something you need pain yeah so I was like observing my sister and my friends and uh it's kind of about like the 21st century relationship that millennials seem to fall into mm-hmm. where they have these late night escapades and they don't really always tell uh, there's a line that says you have an undercover lover your sister and your mother don't need to know about what you've done so yeah it's it's really just about late night fun escapades with a significant person that you're just exploring life with our listeners can't see this because we're only audio but I'm smiling really big right now yeah well, Danielle, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. And now, here we are with Undercover Lover. Thank you all so much for coming out. This is a little wild.
cover They're not like the others Only dripping from their tongue Whispers in the moonlight Promises of sober To the rising of the morning sun Don't talk about it Down low, this loving goes around real slow. You're gonna keep them all to yourself. Because unlike all the others, your own look of a lover won't put you up on the shelf. Once again, that was Danielle Moore and Honey What with Undercover Lover from the album Live from the Hive, which is available on Spotify, Play Music, and Deezer. Today, we're at the Cider Press Cafe for lunch. Their motto is vegan for all, and they've been doing a lot of meat-like dishes that are 100% vegan, but really close to the texture, feel, and the taste of the meat dishes they're inspired by. I have today the Berg cheese steak. And it is a choice of chicken strips or beef crumbles, grilled onions, sweet peppers, and vegan cheese on a hoagie roll. It's really delicious. I mean, it's got, I would say that the beef crumbles have just, they're a little bit more of a mushy texture than you actually get with actual mm-hmm. beef crumbles. But the flavor is really all there. It's very, very good. You yeah, would have no idea that it wasn't cheese, cheese. Yeah, and I went with the basic 
classic cheeseburger, and they spell cheese with a Z, C-H-E-E-Z, because it's actually vegan cheese. Uh, it is a, and it's the type of burger that I, I like. I, I like a burger with cheese. Give me cheese, lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle, and it has the trio of mayo, ketchup, and yellow mustard. It gets a little bit messy, but it's totally worth it. It's delicious. The the, the vegan mayo, I actually tried uh, separately. We also got, we got a sampler platter, and that was one of the things that came with it. And I ate it just by itself. Yeah, the consistency, consistency and texture are right spot on. There is no way anyone would ever know that that is not real mayo. It's it's, it's really good. And the burger, it the magic behind the burger is it's, it's the Beyond Meat, which... Uh, it's getting a lot of popularity these days, so you may have right. heard about it. If you haven't had one, you may have even heard about it. But, uh, yeah, excellent. I mean, the, the texture, the flavor, everything is there. Our Lunchbox segment is where we read opinions and answer questions from our listeners. Please email us at lunchbox at com with your opinions, feedback, and questions to be featured in this segment. On last week's show, we had a great interview with Tig and Art from Sola Bistro and Wine Bar on St. Pete Beach. If you missed it, definitely go back and check it out. It's one of the best shows ever. It got like a bazillion shares and a few comments. Hans Klenke, the owner of Del Mar, said, Great people, great food. Sean Bowery, nice, artsy, my man. At first, I thought he meant like the show was artsy, but he was talking about art. And also Maureen Nelson says, fabulous interview. Now you'll be so busy, I'll have to make reservations weeks in advance. And Sean Ford from Grateful Fed says, art for mayor. New things you will find on the website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. We have the uh, January cartoon caption contest is uh, up and running. You can uh, enter your caption and possibly uh, win first place is a $75 gift card. Second is $50. Third place is a $25 gift card from Hunger Thirst Group that uh, is good at the Avenue, No Vacancy, which is soon to open, and Park and Rec in downtown St. Pete. Also, we have a news story on Capital Tacos. They are opening their second location in St. Petersburg across from Tyrone Mall. And we have an extensive review of the somewhat new Rococo brunch, Rococo steak. They started doing brunch, I think it was late November. And we have about a half a dozen different items that we've reviewed there. And it's, it's an excellent brunch. It's one of the best you'll find in St. Pete and one of the newest. So check that out. To comment on the show by email, you can write to lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. It's a little purple icon on your iPhone. We are also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and several others. Also, if you have a home assistant, you can play the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast on Apple HomePod, Amazon Echo, and Google Home. This is Tig. And this is Art. From Sola Bistro and Wine Bar. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the St. Petersburg, Petersburg Foodies podcast. For the tip of the week this week, I was reading an article about uh, servers and some of the things that drive servers crazy, but they can't really say it to you. And one of them is talking about people who linger at their table for too long after they've already completed their meal. They're not ordering dessert. They're not ordering anything else. And I know this can be tempting to do, 
and you feel like that's your table and you shouldn't have to go anywhere. But keep in mind that there's people waiting behind you, most likely, unless you're at the very end of the night. Also, that's cutting into your server's pay. They can't turn over another table that night. They may have missed out on a whole other tip. So if you are going to do this because you, for some reason, you, you know, acknowledge this with your server and let them know you'll make it up to them with extra tip, do that because otherwise you've taken away money from their kids' mouths. And their pets too. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And thanks to our guest, Max Glazer from The Shave Cave. And thanks to our sponsors, Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar, Altomare Fish Bar, and Engine Number no. 9. Our announcer is Candace Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating. And also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold.